The Cannaboidal Shop is a proud sponsor of the Boys at Radio Row. We sat down with Bruce Buffer and talked about how over his 25 years, he's seen the evolution of UFC and MMA. Two men on, live from Radio Row in Los Angeles, is brought to you by Jersey Mike's, a sub above. Back live from Radio Row, and I call myself an announcer. Van, you call yourself an announcer. Robert, you call yourself a broadcaster, which is a form of announcer. Correct. But there is a standard by which all others should be judged when it comes to microphones, and that's one Bruce Buffer. Bruce, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Fred. I appreciate being on, and thank you for the kind words. We, uh, we sat down and we were going to be like, hey, let's talk UFC. Let's let's figure everything out. Let's go. And, Bruce, you said right away, uh, boys, I know he's got some vodka on the table here with Teller Vodka. I want to <laughs> talk about the bourbon. Puncher's Chance bourbon, Bruce. Yeah. Like it's number one? Is that, that, that it, number one? It's it's considered um, one of the top fastest-selling craft distilled bourbons in America, but it's the highest rated. Oh, oh wow. There we go. Excellent. Uh, nice. We're selling like hotcakes. Yeah. We can't make it fast enough. Uh, we just won six gold medals, three for taste, three for the design of the bottle, and the Bourbon Spectator called us the top five, along with four others, best sipping bourbon at $30 in America. Oh, wow. And I just came out with a 12-year reserve uh Edition. I made 2,000 cases. We made 2,000 cases of. It sells for 120 a bottle, and it sold out within a week. So it's just going, and it's so good. It's so <laughs> incredible. My partners were behind uh, Sammy Hager's Cabo Wabo Tequila, okay. Campari, and Skinny Girl. I have incredible partners, and when they came to me, I've been an underdog my whole life, and I've been a fighter my whole life. I fought a lot, not as a pro. So puncher's chance is what I'm all about. It's it's yeah. the underdog. One punch can change your life. You know, that's the way I've, I've lived my whole life and when I've gone after something. So it was a match made in heaven. It's a great business to be in. in. Um, Connor, I'm going to show Connor McGregor how to do it the proper way. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nice proper dig right yeah. there. <laughs> I love you, Connor. Come on, we can all have our little fights. Okay, okay. Speaking of puncher's chance, I, I remember watching the show and there was a story about you being in an elevator <laughs> uh, with Frank Trigg, yeah. and you you gave him one. Yeah. Has there been gave more than one, baby? Yeah. If there, <laughs> has there been other times that you found yourself with the competition, with yeah. the competitors? Yep. You know, going to fisticuffs. Well, <clears throat> when the competitor is behind you and he cheap shots you with the ridge hand of the throat. Yeah. Um, oh. As an announcer, oh. I don't think that's something you should do. Right. Right. Sure. And Dana White was in the elevator with the security guy, and I remember when when and we just had a drink together. Frank and I are friends. We're friends today. Um, but we were in the 10th floor of the Hard Rock Hotel in the elevator, and the elevator doors hadn't even closed, and he hit me, and i like, Frank, why the F did you hit me? And I'm like choking because he hit me in the throat. Oh, no. He said the wrong thing. He goes, what are you going to do about it? So <laughs> I hit him. I hit okay. Him, I hit him twice, and like, like Dana said in the TV show they made, I blasted him, and it was, you know, we had a fun tête-à-tête. <laughs> <laughs> but we're making some small talk uh, before this segment, and you said you, you train like an athlete. Right. You, you yeah. train yeah. like one of the fighters. Yes. Uh, do you have anything special for uh, in between you know, chin and collarbone? Anything special <laughs> you do just for the neck and voice region? You know, you don't, you don't smoke. You don't abru abuse your throat. Um, take care of it. But honestly, the, the secret for me is, you, like singers, ask yourself, how does a singer do two shows a night, five, five days a week? I'm going out in over a six-hour period. I have a mean 40 minutes of, you know, yeah. roaring. So I have respect for the, for the singers, and I learned that instead of going from here, I would get hoarse in the old days, you bring it from here. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I bring it up from here, I do it, but I'm just, I, I just keep honey on the table and uh, maybe Hall's mentholiptus drops and um, don't drink anything cold and just go for it, you know? Do what I got to do. 
obviously, obviously, we're Albuquerque, New Mexico. Obviously, MMA is, I think, you know, on our state flag, huge. I think. Yeah, and and <laughs> our friend Greg Jackson, I, we, we spent a lot of time covering the sport. We spent a time. Amazing coach. Can you talk a little bit about him as a coach? Yeah, can you talk absolutely. a little bit about Jackson Wink? Because we're big fans, but are we the most knowledgeable? We're not. Right. Well, he is one of the most knowledgeable. He's one of the top, in my opinion, five coaches in the game, if not the top coach. And uh, what's amazing about him is his attitude, his compassion for the fighters, his one for the best, as shown by dropping John Jones the way he did. Yeah. You know, and John's a buddy. I love John. We all know he gets in his own way, but he's incredible. He's a goat. It's everything there. But ask yourself, why would he drop him? He wants what's best for the fighters, and he has to make some harsh decisions at times. But I'll tell you the best thing about Greg, one of the best, is when I'm sitting beside him and he's in the red corner and he's sitting beside me talking to his fighters, He's the most amazing corner man during a fight you'll ever hear. Wow. He's awesome. His direction, uh, calling out the names, and the fighters listen and they pay attention. I mean, he's, he's an amazing coach, and he's a really cool cat. Love that. Love everything yeah. about that. UFC 271 preview. Ew. Okay, two of my favorite fighters to yeah. watch, some of the most entertaining oh, guys. Oh, here we go again. Inside I, and outside Derek of the Lewis and Terry Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, yeah, you've got me too. My balls are hot. Yeah. <laughs> Inside and outside the ring, these guys are amazing. What do you what do you see inside the ring in that matchup? You know, there's only one word. It's timber. Okay, it's like there's going to be throwing for the fences, pier six brawl, punches everywhere. Derek is a knockout artist. Tui Tuivasa can come at you just the same. They're going to feed each other punches, each other feed each other punches. They're going to feel each other out. I don't see this fight going a full three rounds. Right. I sure. don't see it, and I. I'm made the best man win. I'm an equal opportunity announcer. Uh, it's going to be exciting either way. But let's. Derek's in his hometown of Houston, man. Yep. This is a tough one. H Town boy right here too. Oh, there you go. You okay. don't accidentally get to number three ranked. Like you don't. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, you don't. For okay, so growing up, you know, being the announcer, the the go-to announcer. It was something that was cornered just by you know one sport, boxing. You know, now we have MMA. Do you consider yourself the pioneer of announcing in MMA? Uh, I don't want to sound egotistical. I'll just answer your question because I'm not, I'm very humble about the whole thing. I wake up every morning kissing the ground that I can be the voice of the octagon. And every night I walk out, like on Saturday, I have to prove every show I walk out for 25 plus years now. That's crazy. To I me. have to prove to people, thank you. I have to prove to people, Dana White, you, the fans watching, myself, my mom, that I deserve this job. Right. So I approached it as my first night out there. But considering that I started back in 1996, three, after, three years after UFC started, I even sparred Hoist Gracie when I was kickboxing in 91. Wow. You know, alone in a room, I went to his dojo and with the director, John Milius, who designed the Octagon with Horny and Gracie. And um, he brought me there to train with him when I was kickboxing. And, and Hoist took me into a room by himself. And he says, hey, I understand you're a kickboxer. You're this skinny 20-something, 170-pound kid. I'm this 195-pound you know, guy just right. loving, what I, loving the kickboxing world. And uh, he said, come at me. Take my head off. Right? I said, you want to put on gloves? He goes, no, come at me. So I went at him. Right? 45 seconds later, he's underneath my punches. He takes me down, side choking me. And he goes, tap, tap, tap. So I tap, and I never forget it. He's in the guard. He's on top of me, and he gets up. He straightens out his gear, and he goes, see, isn't it nice not to get hit in the face? <laughs> <laughs> so all the street fighting, everything I've done, every street fight I've been in, it always goes to the ground, but I, I know how to bite. So, you know, whatever it takes <laughs> oh, to, to get out of there. Bruce Buffer. Oh, go ahead. But so 
you know, when I think about that in 91 and then it came on in 93 and I realized when he ran out with his hands on the back of the, of the shoulders of his, of his family, I told my family I was watching with, I go, see this little guy? He's going to beat everybody. Yeah. Right? And he did. Then I got the chance to get Michael in the event and I realized this is my home. I need right. this. This is for me. So if you want to count the fact that I've been in it since three years of its inception for 25 plus years, I love to say that I've been able to be part of a sport that went from spectacle to mainstream sports. And in that respect, I would like to consider myself a pioneer in what I've done. Sorry. All that I put into it, helping the UFC build the brand. I haven't just been an announcer. I've helped them build the brand, got them on TV show. Everything I could do, could do to make this become the biggest fighting sport in the world, which I believe when I first saw it, it was going to be. Well, but it needed to be refined. And, right. I, sure. and, and I know we're near the end, but the <laughs> evolution of the sport from, from the early 90s to what it is today, what do you think has been the biggest jump? Don't give me betting. I don't want to talk about betting. What has no. been the biggest innovation in UFC that has made it to, in my opinion, a top four or top five spot in the, in the world? Well, there's a couple of couple of things. The first off is the uh, when John McCarthy and others created, uh, and Jeff Blatnick, the Olympian commentator who passed away, called it mixed martial arts. And we mm -hmm. started name, labeling it a sport. Then we took out the headbutts. It had to be refined. They couldn't fight multiple times a night, the gladiators that they are. But the big key factor was when Dana White and the Fertitta brothers bought the UFC. We were the fastest selling pay-per-view when we started, fastest top 10 growing pay-per-view. Um, we were only on three, four times a year to six times a year. And then it got to the point where uh, because of being taken off, you know, in demand and, and we're called like, um, you know, human cockfighting by the great Senator McCain. And we went through that period and suddenly we're, we're off TV except for, for direct TV. And now we have 1,500 people in the audience versus the crowds we were getting. But when Dana won, the Fertitta brothers took it over and got us into Vegas, that's what really changed mm -hmm, the sport. Right. And then when all the rules got implemented to where now we're a respectful sport with rules, not that it was respectful by them, but I knew it was too much. Right. Right? I mean, I fought like that where you can kick to the groin and grab the hair. You do every dirty tactic you can. That's not what sport is all about. Right. Yep. So we are now a mainstream sport. I have to say probably the top biggest fighting sport event in the world. Yes. You know, their boxing is still huge, always will be, and there's two or three great big boxing matches, but look right. at all the entertainment exactly. shows the UFC puts on. It's unbelievable. Bruce Buffer, thank you so very much for taking the time with us. Thanks, I appreciate it very yeah. much, guys, sincerely. This is very much going to keep Greg off our back. If you to come through here. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, you can call me anytime. It's all good. So <laughs> big cheers with Puncher's Chance, and um, what can I say, guys? I'm real excited about Saturday, and I'm very excited about Sunday. Yeah, baby. We are two men on Bruce Buffer, live from Radio Row on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal.